on Facebook. Uh, we should be on YouTube right now. So, um, yeah, good morning, everybody. If this is working for you, uh, let us know in the chats so that way we uh, that way we know. Um, I'll check and see. It says I just got a notification. It says that we're doing it. Um, awesome. Ah, yeah. So there it is. Looks like we're doing it. Um, okay. And uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us. This is Drawing for Tattooers. Uh, I'm James Wisdom. It's July 10th, 2023. Um, and if, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, make sure to hit like and subscribe. Uh, we love it when new people can come and join us. Um, again, welcome to Guy Atchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community. Uh, where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join in these live stream and real world events. Uh, our aim is to inspire uh, and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. Um, now we beam out nearly every single day and uh, with your help we've become a quality network of live and on-demand content. So, hmm, I will I will share my screen as I like to do. Here we go, this one. Almost got the hang of it. Almost. <laughs> Almost. But, you know, <laughs> here we go. Uh, yeah. And Kyle's joining us today. So we'll say welcome to Kyle and we'll continue. Um, yeah. This is uh, this is the homepage of reinventing the tattoo. Um, this is, uh, of course, Guy Etchison's uh, platform for his educational content, as well as uh, a, as well as a whole community, right, of of other like-minded tattooers and apprentices. Uh, everyone is really, uh, you know, interested in learning and helping uh, each other progress in your you know, career and your art making. And so um, on here, uh, you can find all sorts of resources. There's a community, like I said, um, there's also uh, courses that you can enroll in, all kinds of uh, interesting uh, content and stuff for you. Um, and so if we scroll down, you can see that there is a reinventing the tattoo app featured right here. You can find this app uh, at the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, we also, we have lots of other shows that you can sort of, you know, that you can find, of course, here. Um, I, this is, uh, here's like our sort of scrolling, mm -hmm. it's loading, but here's our scrolling sort of, you know, replays of all the other content that's been going on because reinventing the tattoo. Uh, has been going has been going strong for years. Um, you can also find us on Roku. At the bottom of the homepage, there's an events schedule. So if you'd like to join in one of these live, uh, you know, zoomed events, you can always um, you can always click these buttons here. Um, so yeah, uh, we're also a podcast. You can find us um, on Spotify or wherever uh, you find your podcasts at. Um, right. So just one more plug for the reinventing, um, the tattoo, there is, uh, uh, professional development courses from 
20 world-class tattooers. And so always updating stuff. Uh, be sure to check check out. Um, yeah, you can even ask Guy, right, about your personal goals and stuff. And so uh, let's go through and I'll, I'll, I'll plug some of our shows, upcoming, upcoming events that are um, regular scheduled programming. At 1 p.m. on Sundays, we have Skilled Building Sundays with Jason Leeser. On Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern, we have Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom. That's me. That's this show. You made it. Uh, at 11 a.m., we have the Tattoo Weekly. Uh, that's followed at 5 p.m. on Mondays. Uh, with Let's Talk About Feelings, Robbie Ripple. Uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern, we have the Subscribers Exclusive Drawing Group. Um, that's always a good time. And so uh, please, you know, consider joining the Subscribers Exclusive Drawing Group. Um, yeah, Mondays are a big day here. So I'm so glad you could join us. 1 p.m. Wednesdays, we have the Tattoo Now Show. And at 6 p.m., Eastern, we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast. So um, we'd like to take a moment and uh, recognize our sponsors. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, World Tattoo Events. Uh, WorldTattooEvents.com is the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. Lots of updates as uh, conventions are rescheduling like crazy. So um, you can always find out about them the most recent and most upcoming uh, tattoo conventions and tattoo events at worldtattooevents.com. Tattoo Now, Tattoo Now, Technologies for Tattooers, the leading edge in professional development and management, uh, as well as digital tools for tattooers of all levels. Upgrades competitive with any CRM mailing list software out there. Uh, so check out Tattoo Now, ask for Gabe. Um, you'll be glad you did. Uh, Guy Etchison, we'd like to, you know, of course, recognize Guy Etchison and thank him for being the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. You can learn more about Guy Etchison by visiting GuyAtchison.com, uh, where you can find uh, paintings, prints, uh, tattoo machines, as well as learn about uh, Guy himself and his story of being a painter and his journey through the tattoo world. Right, so... Um, yeah, just make sure that uh, you leave us, you know, your positive reviews, your your constructive feedback, you know, in the chats. We we love to get it. Um, and so uh, with that, I would like to stop my sharing, and we can chop it up. Hey, gang. Good morning. Good morning. So great for you to be able to join us today. Um, so how's it going? Can't complain. Not everybody at once. <laughs> Creature, you're muted. I can't unmute. Oh, better? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. Hello, everybody. Morning. Hello. Creature. This is cool. So we set it up in our waiting area. Uh, my, my wife's here. Say hi, wife. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so we we have the, the television on and it has all of us and I'm watching you guys and 
This is very cool. Very, very cool. That's awesome. It's, yeah, it's kind of meta, right? You're kind of, <laughs> we're like, we're watching ourselves, watching ourselves while watching ourselves. It's, um, it's awesome. So no, There's so a little funny. delay, but it's great. So, oh yeah. How's everybody's week? Busy. Busy, busy. busy. Right, um, right. How about you, Kyle? How are you doing? Doing all right. Um, started on the swan sleeve. Um, didn't get as much done as I wanted to, but we just worked with what we had and the time amount, the time frame that we had, and everything like that. So um, that went pretty well. Um, and just drawn on designs, trying to, you know, trying to stay busy, you know, the same old, same old. So <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, James? Yeah. Uh, I started, um, I started a sleeve. Well, I extended a sleeve this week. That was, um, you know, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Butterflies and clouds and moons and stuff like that. I think oh, it was one moon. <laughs> it wasn't multiple moons, but um, but that would be kind of cool, right? To do like a, a multi-moon sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a, that was a fun project that I'm getting started. Um, had a had a great session on that. Um, I I finished up one this week too. Uh, it was like a I may have shown it before. It was like a big tree sleeve. It's, mm. it's just about done. So, um, thank you, dude. That's that awesome. fun. And then lot, lots of walk-ins, so appointments and walk-ins and stuff. And so, that's huge. Ended up being lots of fingers yesterday. <laughs> Some days it's fingers. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so, but it was good. Yeah, it was a really good week. So, Elise, how about you? How was your week? Oh, my week sounds boring compared to all of you guys's. Uh... Yeah, I, I've just been doing a lot of birthday shopping. <laughs> I have so many birthdays in the next coming months that like shopping is a chore. <laughs> I have two this week. I think I have two next week. And then I think I get a week breather and then I get like three in a row. So it's... <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, I have a lot of birthday. I've shopped for hardly anybody. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, no good deed, right? <laughs> My birthday's in two days. Oh, God. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. birthday. I'll be younger. I'm going that way. Oh, nice. We're Benjamin buttoning it. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know too many cancers. <laughs> We're some moody people. <laughs> We're great at art, though. Yeah, yeah, very true. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know the the relationship between like you know astrology and art making. Um, what it like? Uh, somebody fill me in. I'd like. I'd love. I want to know more. Help me. Help me understand this. What is the? Where's the connection at? We release uh, our emotions through some sort of medium and it comes <laughs> off as an expression which becomes art. True. And some, some are said to be more likely 
to be more creative than others. Cancer is very creative. Fascinating. Uh, Taurus, not not as much, but you might just be in a different niche. Mm. I've seen Taurus artists, yeah, but different breed. Definitely. I'm a Virgo, so I'm not sure if um, I'm not sure if I'm good at art or not. But <laughs> detail oriented, <laughs> detail oriented, definitely. Um, I play one on YouTube, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, you know what? Uh, I uh, what what I you know had the other day. So if everybody wants, I'd love to, you know, I'd love it if we could maybe, you know, draw for just a few, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Download. Yeah. Cool. So. Insert elevator music. There we go. uh, We'll see if we'll. We'll see if it'll share. I would love it if, if I could share this screen with you. But yeah, cool. So there's that. Um, <laughs> so the abyss. Uh, right. Anyways. So it was like, you know, I had, of course, I did it to myself, but like, just open up, you know, we're just like, you know, opening up. It's the, you know, it's the first tattoo of the day. And of course I schedule like this very delicate line work, you know, behind an ear, you know, cause why not, you know, why not do that? Like right when you roll into, mm-hmm. right when you roll into work. And so, you know, it, 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 like, it occurs to me, I'm like, oh my God, this is so, you know, this is so intricate, so delicate. My customer is, uh, um, which has, uh, you know, um, has really great expectations for it, right? (laughs) They are, you know, a a customer of discernment, right? So, of course, as they all are, should be, you know, you should, you know, you should demand um, high quality. Anyway, uh, so I, before I got started, right, I hadn't done any drawing in the morning yet. I just, I didn't get a chance to, you know, like all of the busyness of the day. Um, And so I, but I, practice my ellipses. I, it's, it's something I, I really do it. And I really, I, I know that it helped a little bit. There's, a, there's always room to improve, right? But I want to say that I want to posit that this was a, this was a helpful thing for me, um, getting warmed up. So I warmed up by doing these, these elliptical exercises. So just around the track, Right, and I did uh, I did these ones, kind of a, an atomic structure. Maybe kind of boring, I guess. Maybe rudimentary. Maybe they don't even. Maybe they're not even aesthetic. But I also had a goal, right? And my goal was like, let's just. I always say, let's do fifty of them. So that's what I did, right? I just. I just went ahead and did it. Um, 
I did 10 of these ellipsy things and it was, uh, since there's five of them, one, two, three, four, and five, did 10 of them that ended up being 50. And so um, something that I thought was, you know, I was mindful of <laughs> was, uh, of course, they're crude. But, you know, I was also getting, you know, getting warmed up, getting out, working out the kinks, moving my shoulder around, focusing my breathing and my vision. Five. And then I also started going like in different directions. Some were going to, you know, be counterclockwise. Some were clockwise. And then sometimes I started with the horizontal one, sometimes the vertical one. Five. Start with the circle. Try that out. It's, uh, Challenging, I think. Yeah. Practice these, you know what I mean? It's one of those things. There's probably always going to be some inconsistency, five, somewhere. But, you know, um, rather than going into my tattoo like totally cold, um, took a moment and Got a little bit warmed up. This wasn't exactly the subject that I was tattooing, but I mean, there was some curves and stuff to it. Um, and again, you know, it's like anybody that, anybody that tattoos, anybody that makes art in a specific way will know that like this doesn't give you everything. There's no uh, substitute for you know, experience and you're gonna you're gonna bump up against it right there's gonna be like there's gonna be contingencies and things that you aren't really you know, sort of you can't account for all the time even if it's something that you've done a million times there's gonna be something Good it way to get the bad pancakes out. What's that? It's a good way to get the bad pancakes out before. <laughs> the, the first pancake's always the, the worst. <laughs> For sure. Four and five. How many do we do? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Two more of these. But I think also, you know, it can be, it can be very, uh, it can be a bit of like sort of almost calming effect that it can have, you know, as well. Even though you're warming up, even though you're sort of, where you're becoming more engaged, uh, it can be a sort of a focus that starts to, starts to come out of it. Anyway, for those of you who may be listening to us in podcast form, um, 
which could happen. Some, you know what I mean? We do it as a podcast, so it is, it is like possible that there's a, there's a podcast listener or two out there. Anyway, if that's you, we're drawing ellipses right now. Ellipses are like oval shapes. Um, the other way to think of an ellipse is a, a circle seen in perspective. Anyway, I think that's, I think I did, I think I did 10 of those, something like that. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're not good. But also, I don't care. I don't. I, no, I do think that it's, you know, there's all sorts of, um, there's all sorts of ways to warm up. This is a way that I like to warm up. And I think uh, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, you know, a little bit of practice, of course, can, can be very beneficial. But also, um, you know, taking some of the, Take some of the pressure off and just being able to sort of loosen up have a have a have an experience of like i don't know pure joy in your drawing you know i think that can also be really pretty good and so you know something else that i also like to sort of do because that's very you know there's a there's a real sort of there's a flow flowy movement to those ellipses um you know, the other thing that I do like to do is I like to, I like to try to draw, oh God, try to draw a straight line. Let's see, you know what I mean? You know, I think another, another nice way to, uh, another nice way to practice it is you yeah. can actually use a ruler or this sort of straight line function in Procreate. And then uh, that could give you a target try to to try to line on top of it's extra hard if you pick up the shoulder you pick up the your whole arm and try to move it you know in this mechanical way oh my god that's terrible. it's all right Yeah, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, if you're really all braced up and stuff like that, and you're really, you know, there's a there's a bit of bracing. It, uh, you know, you can learn how to do it, you know, pretty well. But of course, you know, I think uh, think about the, your breathing. Think about how you're how you're moving your body back and forth. Um, Also the speed too. I like I like you know when I'm when I'm doing this to really like sort of slow it down and, and make it real hard. <laughs> you know if you go if you go fast you might you know it might you might end up doing it slightly better. But how about you know you slow it down and try to work through how you would breathe through it. Probably can't hold your breath the whole time. You know I've heard different thoughts about this, but you can also, you know, as you're beginning a line, you can exhale through it. Um, and that, it's a little bit better. But I mean, if you're like hyperventilating, <laughs> you know, through, the, through it, you know, it can, that can cause a bit of like sort of unintended shakiness and movement. Um, but yeah, you know, going just, just moving your arm around. 
isn't the hyperventilating like a typical breathing exercise like when you're teaching is, isn't that isn't that a pretty common thing i think so but <laughs> when you're drawing and trying to draw these crisp lines that are linear you know the it, it i think it like can it can affect it can affect them right you know you may not want to be the hyperventilator while you <laughs> Don't worry, no. it's normal. No. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. I thought that was a required part. To go make some phone calls. <laughs> well, quit looking at my screen, everybody. Hopefully, you're looking at your own thing. And... It's not about the quality. Oh, it's about the practice. <laughs> well, you know, but it's like the being the demonstrator. So, it wasn't too bad. But again, I'm you know I'm just slightly touching. It's a, like it's, a, it's definitely interesting. Like, not worried so much about just like the the quality of it, just like more of like the motion of it. You know what I mean? Like when you're doing like the ellipticals and everything like that, just more of like making sure that you're like doing different angles and like stretching different ways and stuff like that compared to like what you're doing on paper. It's like, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think so. I, I think like it's, it's so easy just to get like totally overwhelmed mm -hmm. by the void as it were. Right. You know, it's like blank page. What do I do? What do I do? You know, um, but just uh, moving things around, moving your arm around. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I think it's a really great experiment and you'll, you may come up with a composition that you otherwise wouldn't have just by sort of allowing some lines to happen. Um, Again, there's you know, um, there's a there's a bit of a difference I think with uh, with these you know curved lines like an ellipse and then these very linear ones where they might sort of meet up. Interesting. Hmm. But you may not, you know, you may make nothing, you know, while, <laughs> while you're just sort of warming up and like drawing, you know, nonsense lines. It's, uh, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that, I don't think. What's also interesting, I think, too, just sort of compositionally, like we end up, uh, we do end up, you know, kind of, you're really seeing if we, you know, if we're drawing straight lines or drawing, you know, sort of diagonal ones. There is a difference to those as well. The straight lines are very, you know, um, static is a good word for it. There's a certain sort of rhythm, almost slow, that it leads your eye. Whereas the diagonal lines can be much, much quicker. Like, almost more disconcerting in a certain way. Um, Right. And then so one other thing that I think is also beneficial, and it's 
really, it's really difficult, I think, too, is, uh, you know, you can always, you can always, like, try to practice symmetry or, you know, sort of dividing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Uh, you can you can try to practice this. It can be uh, it can be a good exercise. It may very well be uh, you know it's something that like having tools to help you. Of course, in Procreate, there's like symmetry function, and there's always also uh, on paper you could use a ruler, measure stuff. But um, sort of training, I think you're training your eye to, to start to see. Start to see those subtleties. Can, uh, can be beneficial. Does anybody else like to just pull a concerned look when they're tattooing, just kind of lean back and go, hmm, to any of their clients? <laughs> you mean like, whole, you know, like freak them out or something like that? Is that what you're talking about? Just because. <laughs> freak out. Establish dominance. Mm, it's a power move. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I I have unconsciously forgot that I was working on a person and without thinking about it I did something and I went oh damn and they were like what, what? <laughs> that's I, uh... I, it was fine but anyway well I would have I would guess that we've all probably done it, uh, but um, it's, I guess it's that's something I try to I I try to avoid it usually. <laughs> I just I tend to, <laughs> but I think the thing that's real funny, uh, you know, it's like especially if you're drawing on your tablet all the time, is like double tapping on somebody on a, you know, like, oh, you know, if you're drawing on them or like whoops and you, you know like wait a minute you go to tap um, zoom in yeah that's um, right so if we think about like uh kind of have this that triangle inside of a, put a rectangle around it. I'm thinking symmetry. You know what I mean? I'm trying like, well, it's not symmetrical, but this I'm thinking about it. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to capture it. And so, you know, is there a way? Can you, you know, put that into perspective a bit? Do you have to hold your finger down on the paper all the time? Because mm -hmm. I find the difficulty. No. Whatever's comfortable for you. That's not comfortable. Something like that. Because, you know, you're, 
you can always like you know you can always end up measuring you know your two dimensional <laughs> you can always measure two dimensional sort of form maybe start thinking about it in terms of 3d you can kind of get that going on too you can practice this idea of symmetry thinking about it in three dimensions quick sketching you know what i mean of course you can get out the drafting tools and really make it like you know very formal and stuff but um however doing uh you know doing some quick sketching you might end up sort of like uh, internalizing some of it and then being able to recognize it and uh, uh could become quite useful for you so um anyway there's yeah just some warm-up just thinking about stuff thinking about sketching and things um that's uh so in relevance to this, have you ever uh, come across uh, Professor um, Myron Barnes Barnstone? Myron Barnstone. I'm writing it down. He's amazing and very grumpy. <gasps> He's amazing. Very grumpy. Um, you have like videos on YouTube? Is that? Yep. Yep, is, sure he like, is he like got a beard or something and like uh he, he's an old white bald dude with a beard yeah and he he's up on the chalkboard and <laughs> he talks about still lives and all yeah. kinds of things mm -hmm. i do think i have uh i do think i have seen him before i think he teaches fundamentals and that was uh, so yeah. like that was a thing that i that i used to do and so um so i'm always i that's kind of what we're doing here trying to you know like so i'm interested in that um uh no i love that that's that that's a great recommendation myron barnstone yeah i think i lost his name at some point but i believe i've seen some of his uh lectures they're very you know i think they're very he was talking about uh classical drawing uh, he's a classical artist by by trade, I guess, or his background. And uh, when you were referring to uh, straight lines, you know, the horizontal or vertical, how boring they are. The the horizontal is the platform. The vertical shows the structure, but they're ugly, as he says. And then you throw the 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 angles on there, and it makes everything all pretty. That shows you know, direction and movement and composition stuff. That is uh, exactly what I wanted to talk about um, today. Uh, so I, awesome. I found this chapter, uh, this is in uh, Juliet Aristides book, uh, drawing atelier and so um i figured i would share this with you all read it you know read a little bit of it and um you know open up some open up some conversation uh so begin with this uh, first quote um this is chapter chapter three right line it's about line two-dimensional dynamics uh, 
So, quote, the aim of the draftsman are first to develop in the highest degree the abstract beauty and significance possessed by lines in themselves, more or less independently of representation. Um, so here's the here's some of the chapter content. In its purest form, drawing is an abstraction. The lines are symbols used to recreate visual phenomena. In children's alphabet books or drawing books, simple vertical lines, uh, horizontal, diagonal, or semicircular lines, are often presented as fundamental building blocks. Once the children master the creation of a few of these kinds of lines, they are encouraged to put them together to form patterns and shapes. So these four lines are used to make the letters of, of the alphabet, or such things as animals or spaceships. Uh, the distillation of the infinite number of lines into a few powerful directional lines gives us an entranceway into complex visual work. Not only is this concept useful for drawing individual objects, but it also provides a means for designing compositions. This aid to seeing has at times been formulated into a rigid schema that artists have followed. When it becomes too codified, this idea can become a barrier to seeing rather than an aid. However, when it is combined with directional observation, it becomes an indispensable point of departure. The use of line. We don't see lines in life, we see forms. When looking out a window, for instance, I see trees, grassy fields, cars, and a building. These lines we think we see in life are most commonly the edges or boundaries of greater forms. We observe an outline around a curve of a figure model's shoulder, for example. However, this perceived line is not a line at all. Only the appearance of one caused by the juxtaposition of a curve of the form against the background. The line in its purest sense is implied everywhere in nature and found nowhere. It is a mathematical concept that does not exist, but rather denotes placement and direction. The ancient Pythagorean Brotherhood, founded by the Greek philosopher and mathematician Pythagoras in 529 BCE, had a secret symbol called the Tetractus. Uh, it's shown over here to the left. Uh, this symbol could represent many different things, one of which was the mysterious transformation of spirit to matter. The single point at the top of the pyramid indicates a position. The two points below, when connected, reference the creation of a line, one dimension. Connecting all three of these points delineates a plane, two dimensions. Adding a fourth point creates a solid form, the pyramid. Three dimensions. In this example, the single dot at the beginning of the progression represents spirit, and the final pyramid represents matter. Italian Renaissance theorist, artist, architect, and writer Leon Battista Alberti uh, reiterated this familiar progression in the opening of his well-known book on painting. The tetractus could represent the drawing process. The point happens when the artist puts his pencil to the paper and makes a dot. The artist moves the pencil and stops at the next point, lifts his pencil, he has made a line. And as he continues to draw and adds more lines, they become less abstract and eventually form a three-dimensional shape. 
adding even more lines gives volume to the image, articulating the third dimension with light and shade. And in this way, a drawing is created. But we must first start with a line. Drawing a line is a bit like playing a game of tennis. When a ball is hit into the air, the player does not have to wait for the ball to hit the ground before running to the spot where he expects the ball to land. The ball is on a particular trajectory, and the eye follows the direction of the ball more than it follows the ball itself. Likewise, when a line begins in a work of art, it invites the eye to continue in a particular direction, whether or not the line itself continues. A line segment moves the eye in a particular direction, whether or not the line itself continues. When drawing a line, the artist places the tip of his pencil on the paper, which creates a dot. Then, much like our tennis player, he focuses not on the line itself, but where the line will end. The two points, which represent the ends of the line, become more important than the line itself. Working point to point keeps the artist focused on bigger line directions and helps create the feeling of movement in a work. So, the concept of leading the eye through the picture is integral to the concept of design. Rather than copy exactly what we see, artists manipulate nature and express themselves emotionally, uh, giving weight and emphasis to what they think is important. This ordering of the image into significant hierarchy of pattern is an essential component of a great work. It reveals that there is a designer or a captain at the helm. Artists exercise their knowledge of visual phenomena by using strong line directions to lead the eye to key areas in the drawing. For example, if the artist puts a vertical line in the lower part of the picture, the viewer will unconsciously search for the continuation of the line in the upper part of the picture. Right, and so here we see uh, some examples. This is the author's um, the diagram, right, using all of these straight lines but in order to sort of develop what's going to become very you know curvaceous like uh, objects some sort of circular star shape and then a gourd or something like that um, what is it it says gourd rose hips um, but yeah I think you know sort of looking at this sort of relationship between these straight lines and these curved ones I think it's uh, uh, can be really powerful in your compositions can be really powerful in how it is that you sort of you know, you might analyze the work of others, um, whether, whether you, you know, something you like about it or something that is, you know, unsettling for you. Um, anyway, in addition to using line to create movement and guide our eye, artists use lines to create rhythm and mood. The tension, resolution, and repetition of various line directions keeps the work interesting and varied. Tension is established when a line or movement is opposed by another element. At its simplest level, tension breaks up the perfect unity of one by adding a second element. Resolution is achieved when a binding element, the mean, reconciles the dynamic between the two elements, creating not just a new form, but harmony. Uh, the two individual elements are joined in a relationship when an artist determines which line directions are emerging as dominant in a work of art, he can repeat those angles to create a theme. By consciously limiting certain line directions and repeating others, he will be able to heighten the effects or gestures of his composition if using breadth 
and power to his work. So here, uh, the author, Juliet Aristides, she talks about like these different types of lines, uh, straight lines, curved lines, um, and how they're sort of, uh, you know, uh, they're used for particular characteristics, emotional characteristics as well. Um, so there's another, there's another example coming up here. I'm going to, I'm going to try my best to, to pronounce this name as well as I can. Uh, so straight lines, uh, can, as can be seen in Ichi, Ira, Kutai, and Sui, uh, their painting of the courtesan Sagawa of Matsubaya um, have been an important tool in the artist's repertoire. They function as a vector or an indication of movement in a particular direction. They are also uh, one of the most useful devices artists employ to help them identify an overarching design and simplify complex forms. Straight lines are used more frequently than curved lines for drawing because they're easier for the brain for the mind to comprehend, the curve is very difficult to copy directly while straight line relationships can be easily measured. So, I'm going to go back up just a smidge so you can see both of them. Here's the analysis. Here's the analysis. The analysis here, and then we can also see you know, this is the composition. Uh, it is a bit, uh, I think, sort of unconscious, right? When you look at this, it, I don't feel like it automatically registers all of this, you know, uh, alignment. But, you know, when we look at this, the grid that's applied to this image, um, you can see that all of these, you know, the curve forms are, um, they really correspond to an overall sort of relationship, parallelism. And again, seen in this way, we can, we can also really like understand all of the strong diagonals that are happening. So there's probably more, you know, sort of uh, analysis that could be done here. You could think about you know, right here, where all of uh, all of these like combs that are going through the hair, whatever whatever those are called, I'm not sure, but where you know uh, where they're all sort of kind of intersecting at a one point, and then they're radiating out as well. In diagonals. Um, again, a strong visual sort of element that brings the viewer's eyes into the composition. Um, but yeah, just, you know, here's an example of it where, you know, sort of we're seeing all of this, this grid, and then of course there's going to be this, you know, sort of uh, very emotional curvaceousness that's, that's, you know, that has ordering to it, right? And, and so, Aristides goes on to talk about that. Um, here, here's, where, here's where she talks about how, uh, how to think of straight lines and stuff are, you know, uh, have a bit of concept to them. Uh, so agree with this, take it for what it's worth, agree with it or not, um, but it's interesting nonetheless. So here's what she says, the straight line is imbued with symbolic attributes that denote moral uprightness. We think of a pillar of strength, plumb line of truth, or the straight and narrow path. The straight line is woven into the imagery of our literature and media to represent order, strength, stability, and constancy. 
The love of the straight line is a love of reason and intellectual purity. And uh, so here's another analysis. Uh, Jacopo, Ponte Romo, study for an angel. And so we can also see like, you know, this, this very, you know, sort of elegant curve S form, several mm. S forms that are sort of moving throughout the composition. Um, but of course there's a, there's a grid over top of it. Perhaps that was more for like, you know, like transferring the design to some, you know, to some degree when it, you know, whenever, whatever this study was used for. Um, it's from the 16th century. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it might very well have been, you know, used for like a larger fresco or, you know, you can imagine like, you know, what it was possibly, this was a, this was a means to an end, right? This would have, this it's called a study, but it would have been a part of like, you know, this was just the preparation for doing something more, but we can appreciate it, I think, for its aesthetic merit here. Um, but again, there's, there are these alignments that are, that are powerful. And so, um, Rubens, do you all like Rubens? Um, mm. This one is, uh, I believe it's called the Descent into Hell. And so um, here's the, the Rubenesque. That's that term, Rubenesque, if you've ever heard it before. Oh. What it means. <laughs> These figures are Rubenesque. Um, they're very, uh, very full-bodied full figures. Makes me think of another painter, uh, Jenny Seville. It's a more contemporary painter. Yeah. Seeing her work. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like, you know, very interesting bodies and stuff. But here's the analysis of this painting, and I'll give it a little bit of a zoom. So, again, you can, hopefully you can see there's a, there's a lot of alignment that's happening. All the bodies, all the forms, they have a lot of curve. <laughs> if you like, they're very curvaceous. However, there's an ordering to the, the there's an ordering to this madness, where it just kind of feels like everything is tumbling and stuff by design. However, you know, there's like underneath it, there's like a foundational structure of uh, you know lines that move our eye around right through the composition. Not only kind of like you know. Uh, uh, sort of vertically, horizontally, but also in this diagonal direction, sort of, you know, up and down, back and forth, and then, of course, like, around these, these curvaceous, uh, these curvaceous forms that we see. And so, um, curved lines, right? According to its formal mathematical definition, a straight line is uh, actually a subset of a curved line, just as a circle is a subset of an ellipse. A straight line is a curve generated by a point moving in one direction. A curved line is a curve generated by a point moving in a continuously changing direction. The use of curved lines is well illustrated in Jacopo Pontoromo's study of an angel for the Annunciation. We saw that one earlier. And another artist who embodies this love of the curve is El Greco whose energetic figure, curved figures mirror the swirling clouds in his landscapes. I don't know if there's any El Greco um, examples in this chapter, um, but uh, it's very interesting paintings, you know, at the, the Art Institute of Chicago, they have 
quite a few elk recos, so um, they're very beautiful, uh, highly stylized, generally religious uh, uh, Christian themes, a lot of, you know, portraits of Christ and um, these sorts of things. But, uh, but again, it's sort of, you know, very uh, energetic and also, you know, painterly sort of felt, you know, renditions of, of figures are very interesting. So curved lines provide art with the spark of life. They are organic, energetic, childlike, and dynamic, and are often used to contrast with straight lines, with the former being used to emphasize emotional aspects of the world and the latter being used to emphasize intellectual aspects. This balance of emotional and intellectual has oscillated throughout the uh, art history, depending on the times. Rococo from 1715 to 1774, roughly, a style of art popular with French aristocracy, was playful, light, and decorative, capturing the mood of the day. The pendulum swung, and along came neoclassicism, roughly 1750 to 1850. These, you can notice, like, these also correspond, right, to uh, uh, the French Revolution, too, right? There's a relationship there. Uh, with its high, stark moral tone of the brewing revolution, there, there was, <laughs> or uh, to cite another example, the fluid, curvilinear lines of Art Nouveau, the 1890s to 1900s, was based on designs found in nature. Uh, by comparison, the aesthetic of the Bauhaus movement, 1919 to 1933, was industrial and austere. We talked about the Bauhaus a little bit on, you know, drawing for tattooers. It was uh, in the the video titled, uh, you know, learning about Gestalt techniques or Gestalt principles, rather. Um, and again, you can see the dates for the Bauhaus. It does correspond to like the beginning of World War II. Once World War II happened, you know, the Nazis weren't having anything to do with the Bauhaus artists. Bauhaus was a school in Germany, and they they really sort of developed. Uh, many of the aesthetic sort of sensibilities and you know that we see in graphic design even today you know so a lot of a lot of graphic design is really based on these you know gestalt principles and sort of uh, some of the innovations that uh, the psychological innovations that were pioneered here through like Bauhaus aesthetics interestingly also kind of relating back to tattoo uh, you know um, education and thinking about Guy Atchison's curriculum as well. He talks about um, the difference between, you know, what he refers to as anti-flow and flow. And so if you can, you know, you think about the human body, vertical lines and horizontal lines that sort of cut across the body, that would be anti-flow, right? And these are these same sort of vertical horizontal grids that we've been looking at all day. But then the flow is always these curvaceous curved lines that are going to give like emotion and, you know, all kinds of spark of life and, and this sort of thought. Um, and so, uh, you know, this is totally applicable. This, all these ideas that we're talking about as far as like, you know, these foundational lines that move the eye around, they become sort of the, the skeleton of what, you know, what comes next and a lot of times you know we're thinking about the juxtaposition of uh you know adding curves to some of these really straight lines um so interesting again you know this can feel 
maybe you already know all this, right? And maybe this is something that's like very intuitive for you, but I think the more that you can start to see it and realize it in the work of others as well as your own work, it can be, I think it can become a really powerful, uh, you know, um, asset to, to consider. Um, so here, just a little bit more, we'll, we'll finish up, we'll finish up now, uh, just a little bit more on the uh, Peter Paul Rubens painting. Uh, the work of Peter Paul Rubens is inextricably bound with 17th century Baroque art. The energy, movement, and power conveyed in his narrative paintings were found not only in his dynamic subject matter, but also in the abstract design of his compositions. The armature of his works of art uh, was often based on the diagonal, commonly called the Baroque diagonal. In this painting for the, you know, this drawing for the painting, The Fall of the Damned, we see pyramids of figures tumbling and falling through space. Two Baroque diagonals are successfully repeated all the way through the image. Uh, in fact, these diagonals are actually echo the diagonals that cut across the rectangular frame itself, forming an X. And so now that we've been informed, that we can clearly see this X shape that's, you know, the, uh, the analysis of the painting is showing it to us. Um, but that didn't just happen like, like it didn't just sort of emerge. This would have been like very carefully sort of planned. Again, kind of going, echoing back to the beginning of this chapter that we were reading. You know, when things get too rigid, too codified as like this is the way it has to be, um, it becomes boring and dead. But of course, you know, like just like our bones, they are rigid and they, you know, they are, uh, you know, they are, they do have a particular sort of character to them. Um, they're alive and, and in part they're alive because of all of the, all of the flesh that gets sort of placed on top of them. And I kind of believe that this is a good way to sort of think about this, you know, this sort of thing, right? It's composed. There's a, there's a real basic sort of simplicity to the composition, but again, it's sort of fleshed out, if you like, um, in very interesting ways. Um, right. Well, I could go on and on and on. There's a, again that sort of radiating point, which is so, uh, which is so fascinating. Um, it's just a great book, really. Oh, really? Should you could see this? This one by Bellows. Um, very famous painting. Likely you've seen it before, but if you haven't, here's a you know here's the, the drawing, the study for the painting, and then here's the analysis just right here over to the right. And so we can really you know do you see this when you look at this? Does everybody see this you know uh, simple sort of geometrical thing, triangle, square, circle? I mean when it's pointed out, it's like oh I can't unsee it. But this one's so interesting to me too because it's 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 like you know, we've got this, we all know what like a ring looks like, you know, for fighting, boxing or wrestling or what have you. Uh, here, like the, you know, the ropes that would be, you know, in front of them, presumably, right, they've been removed and just allows us to sort of enjoy the composition. Um, would the composition be the same if it had those, you know, those horizontal ropes that would presumably be in, you know, in front of our viewpoint um it's almost like you can see here like evidence like maybe they were there 
but not so lost the legs, but maybe opted to not, you know, have them, you know, so that way it's like more, more uh, visually appealing. Again, that whole idea of like accentuating some things and then suppressing other things. Um, but again, I don't think that you're going to get this sort of relationship of, you know, sort of this, this geometry to your compositions by happenstance. I think it's going to come out of like a, a, some careful planning for using it, but then also, you know, like this leg kind of comes, of, you know, comes through, it cuts through that. You, know, you could argue that it's not, you know, it's not there. Really, there isn't this, there isn't this triangle present, but, um, but again, it is, right? So, you, so interesting. How do you, how do you like apply this sort of thing and then allow yourself to have the freedom to be able to sort of do what you, you know, what you think is right for the piece? And I think that's, uh, that's a challenge that we all face. Um, yeah, just a great chapter online. Um, block in. This is something that, you know, when we talk about, uh, we start to do our figure studies and stuff. Um, I, I try to reference is this idea of, you know, instead of following the contour, the sort of the curve of the figure, right, perhaps, perhaps looking for, you know, sort of this vertical alignment, you know, the horizontal, the verticals, um, before you put in the curves, I think can be a really effective way to go. And, it, and just like we saw with the study of the gourds earlier, um, uh, it really can, I think, you know, help you, uh, help you create something that's, uh, you know, that has some balance, right? But then, you know, the emotion and the sort of the feeling and stuff, the weight of it comes from, you know, all of the curves and stuff. Uh, so... Yeah, I think, oh, here's one more. I just love looking at the pictures too. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> but that's the thing about art books. You know what I mean? It's like, you can get lost in the pictures and just sort of looking at just at the pictures and stuff. I always, I've always done that. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've really started to read them more. <laughs> I think there's a whole, other, there's a whole other sort of dimension that you pick up from the reading of them. Uh, in the newest issue of Olin Jar, it's, that's Jeff Gogway's industry magazine. If you don't, if you're not subscribed to Olin Jar, you should definitely get that magazine. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic, you know, periodical. Beautiful images, and it's all about tattoo culture. It's very cool. But anyway, uh, there's a there's a small sort of editorial in there. Jeff Gogway talks about Andrew Loomis's drawing for all it's worth. That's a really great book too he he sort of admitted what i just did like you know he's like i bought this book for my daughter a long time ago and she was going to art school and i, I thought all the pictures were great but then i finally read it <laughs> <laughs> and it was you know it was this amazing experience and so um yeah i encourage you to to read it sometimes sometimes for me especially for me i it's like it takes you know multiple readings to really kind of crack into break into what it's being getting closer to what's being said um it can be it can be difficult upon the first reading to, to you know to sort of fully get everything that's all the nuance and stuff that's being said in, uh you know in a, in a work of a written work 
Mm. Same thing with a drawing, right? Same thing when we look at the drawing and kind of, uh, you know, the reason why you could look at it again and again is because you're always finding something new. There's, it's probably the thing about great movies and great shows and stuff too. You're always going to sort of see something new or sort of something that you missed the first time. And that can be, uh, you know, very rewarding experience. Um, yes, that's okay. That's it. Let me stop because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it'll go on and on and on. And, uh, but I, I really appreciate everybody, you know, checking that out with me and, um, and I hope it relates to some of our, you know, our study, our exercises we were doing earlier. It's like, you know, might seem almost. That was great. What the hell? It was fascinating. Loved Thanks. it. Cool. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're welcome. Um, I, well, it's, it's more, I don't like to think. So I don't like to think about things as justification all the time. You know, like I had a customer asking me about like, uh, you know, tattoo prices and stuff. And I'm like, I've got that in my mind. Like, all right, don't justify it. You know, of course there's overhead to think about. There's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta split it with the shop. I gotta, you know what I mean? I gotta pay for, you know, my supplies. I gotta pay for the gas to get here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> whatever. Uh, there's something, you know, you give more than that, even though like whatever you charge, it's like, you're going to give, you're going to give them more. You're giving them more value, you know? And so that's what I'm hoping that our exercises can ultimately do as well as like give more value than they seem. And it's, you know, it's like, why do you, why would you spend your time doing it? Um, and so rather than justify it, it's like, well, you know, uh, just here's a peek at what's been going on for a long time. Um, and it does relate to also to the things that we talk about on reinventing. Um, so, but anyway, I, I talked too much. I just wanted to, wanted to share that all with you. It's uh, important stuff, you know, um, to just to like, I guess, how to, how do you, um, not reinvent the will, the uh, reverse engineer paintings and drawings and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, just because, yeah, it just brings in different aspects uh, and views of like things that I would, you know, of course I would, you know, would never think of those things like the rhythm of why this is here and why that's there. And then like, it's just all those little things, you know, like there's so much to paintings, like classical paintings, like, <laughs> There's just chapters and chapters and chapters on like single paintings. It's it's crazy. It's so cool. Yeah. No, I I definitely agree. Um, but I also, you know, I I really hope that it's you know, like you were saying, helps you think about your own work in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know. So uh, again, like having having a plan in place can be very valuable um and even though you know kind of went to you know went on and on about like how things don't just happen you know what i mean it's kind of a you know there's a there you know it needs to you know have this plan in place whatever um mm -hmm. it might be interesting to sort of you know go back and look at your own work and sort of you know you could do that analysis and be like well what did emerge right there might and then you know having sort of a having rhythms having uh you know like 
these strong sort of diagonals that help you, you know, lead the eye around. Maybe you did do it and it was sort of unconsciously, it did come out of what it was you were doing. Um, and maybe that's the reason why you like some of, you know, there's work that there's work you do that you like better than other pieces, right? There's, there's work that you favor, like this one turned out really well. And this one was like real shit, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, uh, that might be an, a fun and interesting exercise, you know, to sort of, to critique yourself and to think about like, uh, what were some of what were some of the foundations that I did use? Maybe there was some of it that was intentional. Maybe you did start a you know start with a with a curved sort of line, and that helped you develop the whole thing. Uh, maybe there was a baroque diagonal, right? There was an angle. <laughs> there was an angle that you used that that really kind of set the tone for everything. Um, but there isn't a formula, right? This is uh, this is like the knowledge of nature. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is a technology maybe rather than saying that this is a specific thing. You're always going to get this result. If you put in X, Y, Z, I think you'll you could probably try to put in the same things. You're always going to get something a little different every time. So there's something interesting. I think about that. Um, yeah. So fascinating. Thank you. No, I got some good advice, you know, uh, you know, share a chapter, share some reading and stuff like that. I think that's, you know, um, it's, we're all kind of, you know, we're all observing the other, you know, we're all like, we're learning from others. We're also, we don't create art in a vacuum we don't create tattoos in a vacuum like it you know there has to be there has to be some recognition at some point from others and stuff even when you say it's like i do it for myself you know what i mean people say that sometimes i'm like you know uh I, you know i raise the eyebrow a little bit <laughs> i'm like okay of course you have to you know you should be doing things that you know you feel like almost like uh there's all like that's a freedom that you have like I feel obligated to do this because and so I choose it and that's my freedom to choose <laughs> this <laughs> obligation but uh but at a certain point right it has to be you know there's like a even if you're you know kind of other to yourself right even if you're what do you think about it that's a, like another part of your self-conscious sort of looking at what it is <laughs> some some other part of you did and try to judge it so it's always it's always wrapped up in it. The reception of our work is is an integral part of the work. How it's how it's interpreted by by everybody else. You want to try to put this intention into it, but ultimately it's not up to you. Once you make it and put it out there in the world, it's like its own its own being. You know, it's, it's like a uh, you know it's a kid. It's you know it's a it's your you know. It's your spiritual creation. It's out there in the world doing things that you don't have any control over. And, so, um, and that's, there's, there's something beautiful about that. But it's also ter terrifying too, right? <laughs> so, um, this is, uh, uh, this has really been uh, super enjoyable for me. I really, uh, you know, 
love meeting with you all every week. Um, I want to I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to you know to to speak or to you know to share anything else that you'd like to before we wrap it up. So um, let me open the floor floor for you all. Oh God. I uh, I like how like with the whole like uh, reverse engineering like the paintings and everything like that. It's it's not so much being like like in your own drawings and paintings. It's like being like, oh, it just doesn't work. You know, it's just like whatever. We'll just start on something new. You're like, oh, that's really cool. That works. That's awesome. But it's more of like, well, why why does that work or why doesn't that work? So you're able to take any of your drawings and paintings of your, of your own and being like, well, it doesn't work because this, this, and this. So I need to change this and this and this, and then it makes it work instead of just like being like, meh, it doesn't work. And then just like getting rid of it. And also it makes everything a lot more malleable, a lot more, um, yeah, a lot more tangible when it comes to like, oh, it doesn't work. Well, it's going to work because I know how to fix this and this, and this, you know? So like, that's, that's, it's, it's cool. You know, makes everything a lot more, uh, possible, I guess, in a sense. Um, yeah, it's cool. Is it painful for anybody to what I just said? <laughs> is, it, is it painful to go over the word? Is that just me? Is that, <laughs> is that just me? Um. I think it's interesting thinking about using these lines to set up your composition as opposed to, I usually think about uh, the lines when it comes to like the actual edges of like the actual finished piece but thinking about using them to like almost subconsciously uh divert someone's attention is something that uh i think is really helpful to think about absolutely uh this is kind of how cover-ups work mm. right mm. Like, you know, so we talk about like, I, I do cover-ups all the time. Some are more successful than others, but I think it's like when you can divert the viewer's attention away from cover-up, that's when it's most, even the even the person, even it's their cover-up, right? The more that you can sort of like say, hey, look over here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a, uh, that ends up, I think, being, uh, you know, again, it's, it's it's about cleverness you know what i mean you're being clever but also that's uh, that's really kind of you know what leads to this expression we've been talking about all day i think you're you're you know, you're emphasizing certain things and suppressing others and that's how you um you're helping people see that makes sense right you're helping them see you're directing them to see, look at this see this and then hopefully that opens up something for them. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, I'd like to say I'm sorry that every time I take my, uh, take it off of mute, my rooster crows. And <laughs> so my bad, I keep trying to mute it. I don't want to interrupt. Uh, it was a great episode. I learned a whole bunch. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, I, yeah. 
Thank you. And I like the idea about the, the cover-ups and how you go about making adjustments on those by directing the eye. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank don't, you. Don't, yeah, and, uh, don't. I, yeah I, don't, I don't mind the rooster. It's just, you know, it's like, uh, that's what we get with this, you know, like, this, you know, gorilla thing that we're doing, you know, <laughs> this gonzo style, like, uh, art show that we do. Here. Um, it's awesome. Uh, and I also, you know, that's the thing about it. The, you know, I'm talking about stuff that I'm working on. Like, I don't have this, I don't have this down at all. Like, and, and those are, you know, and that's the time I think often like that I, I feel like, uh, when I don't remember some of these basic things, it's like, it doesn't turn out as, you know, as well as I feel like it could. And some, it's even hard to recognize too. Um, but it's, I don't think it's, you know, uh, again, I, I'm like, I don't think that it's gonna turn out perfectly, but I do like to take that seriously. It's like, you, it's almost like you can't go into it thinking, you know, you don't want to be a perfectionist, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. that, that can be toxic, problematic, but taking it seriously, almost like this delusion of like, well, maybe I could, you know, <laughs> I think I can, whatever. Uh, <laughs> there's something about that that might lead to uh, a, a better result, you know, or a, a one that's, um, one that's more effective in some way, or, you know, uh, it, one that can start to generate more, creating a thing that can generate more than you put into it, right? This excess of, of energy, of beauty, you know, the sort of surplus of the thing itself, whatever it is that you make, somehow, whatever it is you did, now it's like, it's generating its own energy. It's, you know, somehow in a metaphysical way it's its own sort of spirit which is cool uh and i know i know i experience that when i'm in front of great works of art tattoos the same thing you you know you're confronted with an incredible tattoo and it's like you know the body itself is always more than it you know than the sum of its parts uh, other than the sum of its parts and so sometimes you know the work of art tattoo interchangeably right I use a term interchangeably it can become more than whatever was put into it um and I, you know i like that so. um well again great episode gang i'm so i'm so honored that you could come uh please come back because next week we're gonna do something completely different <laughs> i promise we'll come up with something fun uh we'll draw some stuff um we'll talk art we'll talk shop um it's always a great time so uh let's do some sign-offs and uh we'll we'll get on with our day because i know everybody's got all kinds of fantastic projects to work on um creature can we start with you will you give us your sign off please Creatures Cave everywhere. Thanks for letting us participate. It was a wonderful episode. Uh, my wife, she's on vacation this week. So, so she got to hang out and draw. Here, show your book. Show your book. Put your book up. You can do it. See, she's drawing. <laughs> awesome.
So, but yes, Creatures Cave everywhere. Thank you very much, everybody. It's nice to see all of you. Thank you so much. That really was. It's great to see you again, and uh, I'm so glad your wife could join us and draw along. That's all. That's a big part of this, right? I hope you know, like everybody's like drawing and stuff. That's the. Um, it's a big part of the mission, right? Love to draw, and then it's going to be, uh, you know, like drawing for itself is also, you know, is like, you know, is a goal, you know. And so, anyway, so happy you could come. Thank you, creature. Kyle, give us your sign-offs. Um, my name is Kyle Olson. Um, I tattoo out of Trinity Art Collective uh, in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach out at trinityartcollective.com. Or if you're on the Instagrams, you can do Olson underscore tattoos, O-L-S-O-N. And uh, Creature, don't worry about the rooster. We do say everybody's invited. Everybody's welcome to join. <laughs> so he wanted to join today. So it's all good. Um and and James, thank you for today's episode. Like, uh, very useful information. Like, I definitely want to go back through my own drawings and be like, well, why does this work and why doesn't that work? To because like, like you said, the whole subconscious part of things. Like, you know, just like, is there like a natural rhythm uh, that's set? Up? I just yeah, I want to reverse engineer stuff and just kind of relook things. So like, super 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 useful information. So thank you, thank you for it, thank you. Well, that's no, that's that's very like kind of you to say. But that's, you know what I mean? I think we could, we could look at like, you know, we could see it in your work, Kyle. And I think too, like, I'm thinking about like the, the swans, the swan sleeve, especially, you know, I know we can find all sorts of really interesting, you know, sort of visual devices that you use. And I think you're, I know you're, you know, that you're somewhat conscious of it, maybe, maybe more than you admit, uh, because your work is fantastic. Um, so I can't wait to see these pro. You know, there's so many projects that you're working on. I I follow I I follow Kyle on Instagram. I love keeping up with uh, with all your new things. So um, so thank you so much for for coming and um, you know sharing your thoughts with us and stuff too. It's it's yeah it's honored honored to have you. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Elise. It's me. Hello, I am Elise Morrow. I am a Chicago-based 3D artist, and you can find me at Elise Morrow Visuals uh, on Instagram and ArtStation, and I have my website, EliseMorrowVisuals.com. That's awesome. Um, and thank yeah. you for today. That really was fascinating. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. Appreciate that very much. And um, I, I, I wanted to say something real fast, if I may. Of course. Um, she hasn't been picking her teeth this whole time. I looked over. I thought she was picking her teeth. She'd been on camera and we're watching it. And I'm all like, you're, you're on camera. You're picking your teeth. And she says, no. She's trying to take this little teeny tiny thing apart with her teeth. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> so Is that a pencil piece? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So there that, we go. That's, yeah, that's, um, well, so you can keep drawing probably, right? That's the, <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, the suffering there. Suffering you got to do what you got to do. Understandable. Fantastic. <laughs> um, well, thank you for coming. It really is, um, really is great. And Elise, thank you so much for coming today. Always, it's always great to see you. And, um, 
you know, of course, uh, can't wait to see your newest projects. I know, so, you know, like, Elise just graduated from college and is, you know, making your making your debut in the working world. And so I'm you know, so excited to see how, uh, Thank how, you. This, how things progress for you. So, and, and, you know, it's always great to, you know, to hear your thoughts on stuff. So thanks for coming. Thank you for um, having me. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, so, um, I'm James. This has been Drawing for Tattooers. We want to, you know, thank Guy Atchison one more time. He's, you know, obviously with us in spirit. Uh, thanks, Guy, uh, for thanks, the guy. Yeah, thanks, Guy. And also, you know, for reinventing the tattoo. It's a great educational book. I know that I had mine, my first copy of the Reinventing the Tattoo book in uh, 2000, 2001, something like that. And, uh, you know, um, I think what I recognized in the book was what I recognized when I went to art school was, you know, was all of the fundamentals that, you know, that he teaches in that book. So uh, there's really invaluable stuff in it. Um, now it's a digital, now it's a digital like uh, format and it's always being updated. And, you know, of course, like I remember the pictures being fantastic. I had the binder. You know, so some of you who may be watching, maybe you had that binder. It was, you know, uh, it was like it had these pictures in it. And you're like, you, you know, sometimes you saw some of them in the magazines, but it was like had pictures that weren't in the magazines as well. So it was sort of like, it was a very special thing. Anyway, you get on the digital, you know, the new digital format of reinventing the tattoo. There's like just amazing, amazing work in there that you don't, you don't always see everywhere. So anyway, um, and analysis, kind of like we were just sort of showing, like there's all this very really helpful analysis sort of thinking about how do these things get made. So it's not exactly a how to tattoo, but it is a it is a certainly like art related content that helps that helps tattooers become, you know, help you become who you are and also become a composer to some degree, right? That you can start to compose your own designs, which is of course something that. Um, you, you probably want to do right. You're you're an artist. You're a tattooer. You you really want to become, you know, confident and skillful in composing your own sort of uh, you know compositions. So anyway, thanks, guy. It was, uh, it's uh, it's an honor to be here, and uh, thank you again for doing this. Um, oh right. So anyway, I also um, just uh, real quick, I'm gonna this yeah so i'll share this i am gonna be hold on maybe i can maybe i can do it i think i can this one i think i can, <laughs> I think I can. Yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna be tattooing at the fort wayne tattoo festival uh august 11th through the 13th um so if you're in fort wayne indiana and you'd like to to come get a tattoo let me know but of course, there's going to be all kinds of fantastic tattooers there. Um, really looking forward to this show. And so um, this is my next upcoming event. And so I wanted to give it a plug. Um, but yeah, to answer that shame, shameless self-promotion, <laughs> we'll end the show for today. Thank you all for joining us. This has been Drawing for Tattooers on Guy Edgerton's Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Thanks again to Elise, Kyle, and Creature. Creature's wife for joining us. So great to see you. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, join us next week, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, for another exciting episode. 
drawing for tattooers. Uh, happy drawing, everybody, and uh, we'll see you.